0: We're starting a series, a new series this morning called Success. Success. How many know? Nobody wakes up in the morning and say, "Man, I just want to fail. I, I just want to fail at life." No team goes onto the field going, "Man, I just want to lose today." Contrary to popular opinion, players don't go out from the Auckland team, from the Warriors, and go, "Man, I just want to drop the ball." I just want to miss tackles. I just want to let the other team win. How many know when you wake up in the morning, everybody wants to succeed? You know, we don't enter marriages. Go, man, I just want to get divorced. Nobody starts off a business. Go, man, I just believe that, you know, there's going to come a time where I'm going to be bankrupt. How many know every one of us want to succeed? And in fact, I believe with God, you know, he wants us to succeed. He wants us to move forward in life. In fact, success is not a dirty word in the kingdom. It's a good word. And God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his people. If you got your Bible this morning, I want you to go to the book of Joshua because I want to show you that that God wants to make our way prosperous. He wants us to succeed in life. Not just in one aspect of life, but in all of life. And here he says to Joshua in Joshua chapter one verse six, it says, "Be strong." Somebody say, "Be strong." Be strong, be strong and of good courage, for, the, for to this people you should divide an inheritance, uh, divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to the fathers to give them. Only be strong. Somebody say, "Be strong." Be strong. Only be strong and very courageous. That you might observe to do everything according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Don't you like that? Wherever you go, God wants you to prosper. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success come on how many want to experience good success you know I, I like the writing here because he says good success that implies that there's bad success uh, how many know we can be self uh, we can uh, uh, want success for selfish motives but I believe the success that God gives us is that we is so that we can change the world around us? Then you will have good success. Have it not I commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Yeah, you know, many people understand when it comes to the kingdom that they're saved from a past life, that they're saved from shame, that they're saved from guilt, that they're saved from past mistakes, that they're saved from slavery. From sin. Aren't you glad you're saved this morning? Come on, you've got a new life in Christ Jesus. And, and many people understand what they're saved from, but they don't understand what they're saved to. Here the Israelites have been saved from Egypt, from a life of slavery, from a life of bondage. But here God's saying, this is the life I've saved you to. I've got a promised land for you to occupy. I've got a land for you to take. And I want to make your way prosperous. You know, in Christ, we've got to understand we're not just saved from some stuff, we're saved to the blessing of Abraham. In fact, in Galatians chapter three, verse 14, it says, Through Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles. That's us. He's blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing. Everybody say the same blessing. Same. Yeah, with the same blessing, he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. And notice that, the same blessing. Now, now, what was the blessing that God gave Abraham? For us to know that, we have got to go back to Genesis. So quickly, let's go back in our Bible to Genesis chapter 12. This is what God promised Abraham and how he blessed him. He said, now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. Turn to your neighbor right now this morning and say, God wants to bless you. Come on, he wants to bless you. He says, I will bless you. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. So, so notice the reason—the reason why God wants to bless us. He wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing. How many know you can't be a blessing unless you're first blessed? Uh, you can't help the hungry out unless you first have food. You know, you can't help the sick unless you've got some resources to actually. You know, buy the medicine, take them to the doctors. You know, so many people today just say, well, I, I just want enough, you know, so I can get by. You know, I just want a car that can get me from A to B. But what if the purposes of God want you to go to C, D, E, and F? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you've only got a car that can go you, get you to A to B. You know, I, see, I really believe God wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing. He says, I'll oh, bless those who bless you And I'll curse those who curse you, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, I really believe how you perceive God determines what you receive from God. So so many people don't see God as a God who wants to bless them. Uh, So many people just see God as a God who just wants to fix their mistakes. Rather than actually bring about success in their life, I, I love the fact that the Bible contains answers to all of life. Yeah. All of life. Uh, see, we do a lot of damage when we s- separate <laughs> our spiritual life from everyday yeah. life. How do you know? Eating is a spiritual activity. Eating is a spiritual activity. Sleeping is a spiritual activity. You know, business is a spiritual activity. Going to work is a spiritual activity. Yeah, yeah. They're not separate. Oh, I, I do my spiritual stuff on Sunday, but then on Monday, I just do the normal stuff. All right. Now, all the activities of our life are spiritual. Yeah, and, and the Bible contains answers to every aspect of your life. And I believe when you live by biblical principles, you know, as it was said to Joshua, come on, obey this law. Meditate on it day and night. When you live your life according to biblical principles, you soon begin to discover biblical answers. See, many people today in life, they want answers, but they're not prepared to live by the principles. Yeah, you know, I love the, the, the people that God's raising up within Equippers Church. In fact, at Shout Conference this year, we had the children's commissioner there, Judge Beecroft, and he just looked through the crowd at Shout and goes, I can't believe how many influential people you've got in your congregation. People who are making a difference in the business world. People who are making a difference in the, in the political arena. People who are making a difference in education in health. You know, all in our congregation. So often we can look around and go, well, that's just what they do. But I know a lot of those people. A lot of those people have determined to live according to God's way. Uh, A lot of those people have chosen to honor God and they see their workplace as an expression of where they can, as a place where they can bring the kingdom to. See, I really believe when people align themselves to God's purpose, they really begin to discover grace and favor. Uh, God wants to give you favor in your workplace. God wants to give you, he wants to bless you. He wants to open doors of opportunity. Come on, how many believe that? Come on, in every location, you've got to understand that God just doesn't want you to get by. God wants you to prosper in Jesus' name. Do I get a big amen on that? It's part of the Bible. You know, if God didn't want you to prosper, why would he give you the power to do it? Why would he take pleasure in it? God wants you to succeed so that you can make a difference in the world. See, many of us don't really understand the kingdom. I like right now that our children are learning about the kingdom. Uh, they understand. They're getting an understanding of the kingdom. And I love the, the fact that they're getting it at a young age because I think, you know, you take that understanding and you build on top of it, uh, on top of it where are they going to be in 10 years' time? Uh, what are they going to be doing to, to bring life to their world? You know, I've got my nephew, Cullum. My mum recently just filmed him, and she asked him what he had learned at Sunday school. And I thought I'd play the video because here's a, a, a kid around about nine, ten years of age articulating his understanding of the kingdom. So here's Cullum. He's going to preach for a moment or two. Callum, can you tell me what you learned about Mission Possible? So what I've learned is that anything is possible with the power of God and that there's things called physical strength and spiritual strength and that spiritual strength will always overpower physical strength and there's also kingdom sight and normal eyesight and it's like with the physical strength and the spiritual strength, the kingdom sight can see things more clearly and it's able to sort of set you free from your normal sight and be able to see things that you couldn't see before. Yeah, that's what I've learned in Mission Possible. Come on there, preachers. Yeah, a lot of us who are a little bit older don't have that clarity and that understanding. Uh, we're still relying on our physical abilities without understanding that spiritual strength outweighs physical strength. That spiritual eyesight enables you to see things clearly as opposed to just looking at your situation and your problems through your natural eyesight. I love that in this church, we're building a generation who understand the things of the kingdom and, and, they're, gonna go, and they're gonna grow up And that they're gonna put those principles into their life and God's gonna give them influence and favor. One thing about the kingdom we've gotta understand is is that we are a body of people. Now I'm gonna read a big passage of scripture because it's just so good. And I could paraphrase it, but I wouldn't do it justice. And so I'm gonna read 1 Corinthians chapter two from the message version because I believe a lot of us don't understand uh, how God brings us together and our connectedness, and, and that the, the power of being connected, and how uh, the kingdom works through our connectedness. Uh, let's go there. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. I'll start there. It says, You can easily enough see how this kind of thing works. So, this gives a, a, a picture. It says, you can see how it works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you are still one body. You're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of His one spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial piecemeal lives. We each used to be independently, we i say, we each used to independently call our own shots. But then we entered into a large integrated life in which he has the final say on everything. Man, there's a lot of power just in that statement right there. You know, we said goodbye to our independence. He said, this is what we proclaimed in word and action when we were baptized. Each of us is now part of his resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at one fountain, his spirit, where we all come to drink. The old labels we used to use to identify ourselves, labels like Jew, Greek, slave, free, are no longer useful. We need something larger, more comprehensive. I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all different, but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If a foot said, I'm not elegant like the hand embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to this body. Would that make it so? If the air said, I'm not beautiful like the eye, limpid and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head Would you wanna remove it from the body? If the body was all the eye, how could you hear? If it was the ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. I want you to turn to your neighbor right there and say you're in the right place. (laughs) He's placed it right where he wants it. But I also want you to think, about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. You know, I, I, I think just that phrase again, uh, because so often uh, we can see our significance, but we take our significance and we blow it up into self-importance. Listen to this, for no matter how significant you are, it's only because of what you're part of. no matter how, in other words, the part you play is never bigger than the team you're part of. Any success you've experienced in life, there's always been many contributing factors. It's never in isolation. Listen to this, an enormous eye or a gigantic gigantic hand wouldn't be a body but a monster. What we have is one body with many parts Each is proper sized and in its proper place. No part is important on its own. Can you imagine the eye telling the hand, get lost, I don't need you. Or the head telling the foot, you're fired. Your job has been phased out. As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower the part, the more basic and therefore necessary. You can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. Yeah, right. no. When it's a part of your own body, you're concerned with it. It makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed higher or lower. You give dignity and honor just as it is without comparisons. Right. So good. Wow. If anything... You have more concern with the lower parts than the higher. If you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer a good digestion to full-bodied hair? I can say amen to that. Yeah, listen to this. the way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Many people haven't understood the church because they haven't read this passage. If they'd un- read this passage, they'd understand the church. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't, the parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt. And in the healing, if one part flourishes, every uh, flourishes every other part enters into exuberance. Today, I just want to hone in for the next few minutes on the power of specialization. Because if we're to succeed in life, I believe we need to specialize. Uh, we need to understand that the part we play is no bigger than the team we're part of. And we need to understand that self-sufficiency is lie. Many people today pursue independence, and their goal is being self-sufficient. Right. But when you have that goal, it means you have to be the jack of all trades. Yeah, yeah, true, true. And many people today are the jack of all trades, but the, ma- the, the master of none. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Good. 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 And the whole goal is I want to stand on my own two feet. I don't want to be dependent on the person I'm next to but I want to declare that there's benefits to specialization. Yeah, yeah, see, see, success could be spelled in the Bible like this, O-T-H-E-R-S. Success in the Bible is all about others. If you hadn't worked out the spelling of that. It's all about others. But today, many people want success so that they can be self-sufficient, so that they can be secure. But but that's not how biblical success works. See, biblical success realizes that we've each got a role to play. We've got a unique function. See, the, the benefits of specialization is for you to live, there's got to be an exchange. There's got to be a trading. There's got to be a level of connectedness. See, see, to specialize means that you've got to recognize your uniqueness and appreciate the uniqueness of somebody else. See, to specialize means that you've actually got to make yourself dependent. It means that you've actually got to be nice to people. Because otherwise, you can't receive from their gift. But if you're self-sufficient, you don't need anybody else. But you're missing out on the way that God's designed us as human beings. See, true success is not having money in your bank account and a whole lot of possessions. Success in life is all about relationships. And God's heart is all about relationships. It's all about connectedness. We all think, oh man, wouldn't it be nice just to get away from everyone? How many have ever thought that thought before? Come on, you can be honest in this place. I just want to get away from everyone. Yeah, wouldn't the world just be a nice place if everybody just got lost? Imagine that. You wouldn't have a problem getting a car park. You know, you just pull up, there'd be car parks, it'd be peaceful. You know, you wouldn't have to fight over the remote control. You could watch whatever channel you wanted, it would be yours. You know, what if that actually did happen? Uh, what if everyone did disappear? Question you got to ask is who would operate the TV station? You may have the remote, but it won't do you any good. There'd be nothing to broadcast, there'd be no actors, there'd be no news anchors, there'd be no news. You know, uh, what good is a parking space if there's no shops? You know, hey, you you got a car park, but, you know, there's nobody operating the petrol station. There's no oil refinery, refri- 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 uh, that place. <laughs> yeah, how many know parking would be the least of your problems? Yeah, good. good luck trying to catch a horse once you've used up all the gas in your tank. You know, time for dinner. Oh, I just feel like a restaurant meal. I feel like takeaways. Well, you're yeah, out of luck. No cooks. No drive through person. You know, go to the grocery store, all the food's rotting on the shelves. You know, at your home, there's no heat. There's no electricity. They're all gone out. Because nobody's running the utilities company. You know, Our our world relies on other people, and self-sufficiency is a lie. It's a myth, but yet how many of us are pursuing it? And, And we pursue it, and we don't realize that God has actually created us to be dependent on other people. The truth is, without other people, your life would be a misery. The Jewish people understood this. In fact, that's why Jews are so successful in many realms because they specialize and they learned this from Jacob. Because Jacob at the end of his life, he didn't give his children just one overall encompassing blessing. He brought his sons in and he gave them each a unique blessing with the understand that they had been formed and fashioned differently and they had a unique role to play. That they weren't like each other. And, and that special blessing they had was a grace that was going to be upon their life. Right. And as they relied on one another, they could move forward. Wow. Now, So many of us don't understand this. Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 33, again, he gave distinct blessings to the tribes. The whole idea here as it is in 1 Corinthians 12 is unity with diversity. Think about that. Isn't that what all, cho- uh, all parents want? To ensure their children are connected and relating? It's, it's, it's one way of guaranteeing that they're gonna remain united. Because they understand they aren't the whole answer. I, I need my brother and sister. You know, they say with Jewish people, you'll never see a Jew in the weekend mowing their lawns. You'll never see a Jew under the bonnet fixing the car. They will pay the professionals to do those things. They will specialize in what they're good at. But us, you know, we think, oh, well, I'll just do it because I saved, but actually could it be costing us? just a thought, a a provoking thought. See, I I believe we enter into success when we understand how God has formed us and fashioned us. See, we're gonna be successful at being us. See, when you're successful at being you, you can help others. God won't bless who you pretend to be. God will bless who He created you to be. God won't bless what you want to be. God will bless how, uh, the unique gifts that He's placed within your life. You'll never be successful trying to be somebody else. See, to understand this is to understand that we're not in competition with other people. Other people aren't a threat. But how much of our worldview is, is on the fact, well, uh, they're, they're eating my slice of the pie. And we have the scarcity mentality. Thinking, if they're blessed, I'm missing out. I I love the fact with God, it's not a slice of the pie mentality. You know, how many grew up in big families? If you grew up in a big family, you learned to eat fast. (laughs) Because you knew if you didn't eat fast, you'd miss out. You know, in the kingdom of God, there's enough to go around because it's not just one pie, you know the baker. And there's many more pies in the oven. But so much of our ills in society come from the scarcity mentality. See, if we we just knew who we are in Christ, we'd be able to move forward. Uh, uh, One utensil that's had an identity crisis is the wooden spoon. You yeah, how many got the wooden spoon growing up? Yeah, I got the wooden spoon. You know, again, we got it. It's not something you're meant to get. It's something you're supposed to use. Now, the wooden spoon is wooden because it doesn't transfer heat. You know, when you got it around a hot pot, leaning on the side, it's not going to transfer heat. But in many places, the wooden spoon has been used to transfer heat. <laughs> It's got a messed up identity. It doesn't know who it is. And it's the same when you and I don't understand who we're in God. We we mess things up. But when you understand your uniqueness, and when you focus on your uniqueness and you you rely on other people, it's there you begin uh, begin to move into what God intends. Your success starts with what's in your hand. Yeah. Yeah, good. It's, it's not what's coming to you one day. Great. It's what's right now in your hand. Yeah, good. See, as Brian Houston will say, many people drop what's in their hand to pursue what's in their heart. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Without understanding, in the kingdom of God, God uses yeah. what's in your hand. Moses, what's in your hand? You know, the widow, what's in your house, what's in your, and what's in your house and what's in your hand will lead you to what's in your heart. Sadly, in many places, you know, when it comes to the kingdom, people have dropped what's in their hand to pursue something that's in their heart. You know, they've dropped being a business person to being a pastor. You know, back in the 80s, you had many business people trying to be pastors and many pastors trying to be business people. Without understanding, there's a unique grace on each person. And if we just began to fit where God's placed us and work together, we could change the world around us. Yes. Now, it's back in the 80s, you know, in fact, one, one guy recently said to me, uh, we didn't church plant. It wasn't church planting, it was church plonking would just take whoever and plonk them in a place, hoping that the kingdom of God will go forward, not understanding, not even considering whether they had a gift and a grace to do the job that God was giving them. Now, when it comes to your role, what you're employed in, what you're engaged in in on a weekly basis, you you wanna know that God's graced you. Uh, You wanna know that it's part of his plan and his purpose for your life. What's in your hand? Uh, What's the platform God's given you? Here's the deal. I like sport. I love sport, but nobody's gonna pay pay me to play sport. As much as I'd like somebody to pay me to play sport. Just because I like it doesn't mean it's a grace on my life. I I like music, but nobody's gonna pay me to sing. They'll pay me not to sing, you know, so many people, that, they like stuff. Well, I, I like well-thought-out design. But nobody's gonna pay me to be a designer. I like food. But nobody's gonna pay me to cook something for them. Can I, I, I wanna ask you, what are you good at? Uh, what do you find favor in? And I wanna say, the key to success is to follow your favor. Stop comparing your life to somebody else and follow the grace and the favor that's on your life. The way I I got into doing what I'm doing today is I just found, hey, I could lead people. I I could rally people together. I didn't wanna be a pastor growing up. My father was a pastor. In fact, me and my brothers had arguments, who would be the pastor? And we all say, no thanks. But I just saw that there was a grace and there was a favor in this arena on my life. I followed that favor and now I thank God. I go, wow, I could have never imagined doing what I'm doing today. In fact, God's fulfilled the desires of my heart and more. But I took what's in my hands. Come on, what's in your hand? Where do you experience favor? What can you do easily? See, when you're young, When you're young, you know, you're you're in the process of discovery. I I had to try to sing to find out I wasn't good at singing. In fact, I remember (laughs) at at school, they lined us all up and we had to sing a song and the teacher would walk past and he would just lean in, listening to each person. And then at the end, he would go, all these guys stepped forward. I wasn't one of the ones who stepped forward. At the time, I felt rejected. But i found rejection is direction. Yeah. Oh, See, so you've got to try it out. But so many of us are scared of rejection. Wow. We're, we're scared of it that we actually don't try some stuff out. I, I like in Matthew chapter 5, uh, Matthew 10, should I say, verse 5, Jesus is sending out the disciples. And he gives them some instructions. And in verse 5, in the message version again, it says, Jesus sent his 12 harvest hands out with this charge. Don't begin by traveling to some far off place to convert other unbelievers. And don't try to be dramatic by tackling some public enemy. Man, a lot of Christians could just learn from those few statements there. (laughs) Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick. Raise the dead. Touch the untouchables. Kick out demons. You have been treated generously, so live generously. What great instructions right there. But if we jump down to verse 9, he says, as you go, he says, listen to this. Don't take any money in your money belts. No gold, silver, or even copper coins. Don't carry a traveler's bag with a change of clothes and sandals or even a walking stick. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve to be fed. If any household or town refuses to welcome you or listen to your message, shake the dust from your feet as you leave. Now now notice this. He says, don't take any provision with you. Why did he say that? I really believe he said that so that a person didn't stay at a place called no too long. Because if you've got no provision, if there's not provision there, you've got to move on. Yeah, you've got to shake the dust and you've got to move on. So many of us are trying to pursue stuff where there's no provision. And we're taking our own provision. But because we've got our own provision, we stay in a place called no too long. See, what we're gonna understand is rejection gives us direction. And it pushes us into a place where we are received and where there is grace. Some of you are finding it a struggle right now because you're working outside of your grace. Yeah, You're holding on in an area where God's saying, hey, just move on, shake the dust. Shake the rejection off yourself because there's a place of favor that I've got for you. It doesn't need to be as hard as you're making it right now. You're relying on your own provisions. But i got provision for you over here if you just keep moving. Come on, somebody say keep moving. moving. See, some of us need to go on a discovery. We need to try some different things out to see where the grace and the favor is on our lives. Don't stay in a place with people who don't value you. Don't let rejection undermine your worth if we could have the musicians out right now. You need to shake the dust. Now again worth. What's worth determined by? Uh, Worth is determined by how much somebody's prepared to pay for something. In other words I'm willing to exchange money for the shirt. In other words I value the shirt more than the money in my bank account. I consider the money as, as not Worthy compared to the shirt that I'm gonna buy. That's what happens when you make an exchange. Uh, Worth is what anybody's prepared to pay for it. Now, here's the thing. Don't stay in a place where there's no value. There'll be provision in the place that God's called you to. Now, now don't, oh man, I'm not worthy. Nobody's paying me. here's Here's the deal. What well, you've got to understand, you're worthy. God considered you worthy of His precious Son's blood. He paid for your life. He loved you so much that He let His Son die on a cross. He let His Son be separated from Himself so that you might live the life He intended. He did it so that you might be free. Your worth is not in your accomplishments. Your worth is not in what other people think. Your worth and your value is found in Jesus. See, if you put it in other things, you'll let rejection get on the inside of you. But if your worth is in Jesus, you can just shake the dust off and you can move forward. Some of us right now, we're holding back because we've had some words spoken. We weren't received in the way we thought we'd be. But I wanna say, come on, you need to get moving because there's a place and a position that God's called you to where where there's grace and favor. Come on, He wants to make your way prosperous. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to live a life of impact and influence. You're worth investing into. You're worthy of the love of Jesus. I believe if we could just understand this, we could move forward. I know in this setting, there's people here who can't, can do what I can't do. Man, I thank God for them. Because I'd be lost without them. I need them in my life. I, I want to say, when a person, a believer is not functioning in the body, the body is missing a part. It's missing a gift, it's missing a grace that could push the body forward, that that could cause the body to move and function in a way like we've never seen before. Come on, you've got a role. You've got a part, and you've got a responsibility to find what that is and move in it. Come on, God wants you to succeed. Come on, how many believe that today? Come on, in every location. God wants you to succeed. God wants you to experience His favor and His blessing. He wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing in Jesus' name. Well, I'm done. But I really believe the Holy Spirit wants to do some stuff in this place just in these final few moments. I want you to stand to your feet in every location. Just stand. Some of you... You're the jack of all trades. I want to provoke you to identify where God's grace and where His gift, the gifts that He's put in you, where, where they align with His purpose. Some of us, we, we get distracted too easily. But I believe if you'd align your life, You specialize. You'd experience a grace you can't experience any other way. Come on. There's a unique blessing for your life. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Some of you you've been rejected because you make comparisons. And God wants to free you today. So you can live in the grace. For your life come on right across this room right now if you're just saying I recognize an area where I've been rejected and I've let this get in I want to shake the dust off this morning you know I just or you just say man I want to find that zone I have been struggling I've I've been trying things but I've been hitting wall after wall God help me discover that you know I really believe over this ne- over these next few weeks God's gonna open your eyes to see what you haven't seen before. How about just lifting your hands if you witness with those words right now. Come on, just right across this place. You're just saying, God, I wanna know it. Come on, grace and favor. Come on, wherever you are, you're just saying, just lift your hands higher, right across this place. God, I thank you, God, that you're speaking in this place. Lord, that you give us direction, that you ordain our steps. Lord, right now we make a decision to align our life with Your Word and with Your promise. Lord, and I thank You that You're going to position us and You're going to place us. Lord, where our independence has robbed us. Lord, right now, I pray you remove that independence. Lord, right now, and I pray you speak a word into our heart that will cause us to move forward. Lord, where we'll be walking, I pray that there'll be a running in Jesus' name. I pray there be progress in every area. And God, we pray for your favour and your blessing right now. Every hand just lifted right across this place. Just right across this place. Come on, Uh, favour and grace. God's grace is, is something that you don't earn. It's something that you receive by faith. And I want you right now to say, by faith I receive your favour. Come on, this week in your workplace, in your studies, come on, in your household, come on, I want you to access God's grace. Come on, God's grace. Come on, that's how mountains become plains. By God's grace, by God's grace. Right now, grace, I speak grace over every life, over every family, Lord, over every person represented here. Lord, I I thank you for your grace. Upon them, they're called, they're anointed, they're chosen by You to do great things in Jesus' Name.